Well, hey, good morning. Quick question for you, compare against our first service people. Here's a question. Are you a good person? For those online, yeah, just like same response. Are you a good person? I think at first service, there's a lot of people like, yeah. And it's like, hold on a second. Hold, whoop, whoop, hold on a second. <laughs> Start thinking about that. Are you a good person? Are we good people? There's an easy way to tell, are you a good person, according to Reddit and Twitter. For those who don't do Reddit and Twitter, it's the internet, right? So there's an easy way to tell, according to Reddit and Twitter, are you a good person? To tell whether your character is good or bad is based on this simple test. What do you do with the shopping cart when you're done with it? So if you, when you're done with your shopping cart, if you take your shopping cart and put it in the proper receptacle, you are good. But if you, when you're done with your shopping cart, if you leave it in the middle of a parking lot in Kansas winds, you are bad. You're a bad person. That was actually a true study that got a lot of information, a lot of feedback. The shopping cart is a great example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you or fine you, and you gain nothing by necessarily returning the shopping cart. But you return the shopping cart because it's the right thing to do. So if you're a good person, I want to excuse you from the rest of the service. Have a great day. This would happen first. Or you guys, none of you return shopping carts? <laughs> well, welcome everybody. Good morning to our guests. We're, we're just glad everybody's here. Thanks for braving storms and coming out this morning. To our guests, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor, and we love having you here with us today. Our guests, a couple things. Just let me catch up with them. This worship guide when you came in, we're going to jump into God's Word, actually the book of James together, the whole book. And on the back of this worship guide is an outline of what we're going to talk about today. So feel free to, to fill in the blanks and follow along with us. To our guests, to this Connect card, like you might just be here for graduation this weekend, just swooping through. It's okay. We would love you to put your name, your email address, or phone number here. There's these little boxes by the door. There's a welcome center out there. Just swing this by. Um, but we'd love to say, you're welcome every time you're in town. We'd love to have you because Jesus' church is a big church. Amen? Amen. For if you're actually looking for a church home, fill this out because you're going to hear a lot about Westview today and what we do, but you don't even begin to see a fraction of what goes on here. We would love to shoot you a note. Uh, Pastor Wayne, I'll reach out to you and just uh, right away on Monday and just say, hey, is there anything we can do to help you in your journey? We would love to do that. So that's that. Okay, anything else I'm missing? Online people, we're glad you're with us too. I think our Facebook Live had a little trouble coming up, but our website's going, and so that's good. That rarely happens, but I want to check on one thing. Is this mirror? Okay, there's nobody up there. I think we're all, <laughs> we were blinding people in the first service as the LEDs kind of shot back out this mirror. Okay, so we're, I think we're good there. So we're going to take a deep look into our character, our personal character, our character as a church, but it's not based on Reddit or Twitter it's going to be based upon the Word of God. And so we're in this sermon series, the second week of the sermon series called Speak Life. And last week, just a recap in case you missed it, it was Mother's Day weekend, a lot of people moving around. Uh, last week, we, we shared speak life in our words. We speak life. We speak life. 
in our words. And so we, we shared in that sermon, we shared about all the things the world tells our children. All the things our world tells our children. And most, a lot of those things do not speak life. And we said, this is what we need to do with our children every day. And we went to the Bible. There are seven things that we want to speak to our children every day. They got to hear it. And, and so we gave you those seven things to speak life, to counter, because we do want our children in a world, we just do not want them of it. And so if you missed that last week, you can go out to our YouTube channel. You can check it out on our website. You can watch that. Um, it was a, just a great Mother's Day um, scripture to go tackle. So week one, speak life in our words. So this week we're going to speak life too in a different way. We have a, right when you walk in the door, our vision here, I love talking about our vision statement because I think we actually live it really well. Our vision statement is simply be bold, love loud, engage deeply. Be bold, love loud, engage deeply. And, and so when we talk about that second part, love loud, some people kind of look at that and say, what is that about love loud? That's kind of weird. So I, I, your first sermon note, I think, explains what love loud means. Your first sermon note is that words are loud, actions are louder, character is loudest. So you kind of see the progression we're kind of doing in this sermon series. Words are loud. We talked about that last week. Our actions and how we love are louder. And those two things together is what our character is all about. So words are important. We talked about that last week. We speak life with our words, but words often are not enough. And so this week we're talking about speaking life through action. Our actions speak life. Ultimately, I, I read all these arguments. What's more important, words or action? Well, yes, they're both very important. And, but one without the other, man, it just doesn't work. And so words and action are both important, but they ultimately make up our character. Character uh, is not reputation. I like kind of separating these two. So any chance I get to quote a basketball figure, uh, Coach Wooden said this. He said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what other people think you are. I thought that was good. Our actions speak life. So they speak life in two ways. They speak life, our actions actually speak life to ourselves. But ladies and gentlemen, your action, my action speaks life to others. It speaks a lot of life to others. And so nobody in the Bible speaks to faith in action more than James. James. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the letter written by James to the early Christian church, the book of James. It's way here towards the back. It's kind of small, only about five chapters. The book of James. And I want you uh, to actually open this up on your paper Bibles or on your phone because I'm actually not going to put a lot of scripture overhead today. I want you to pace with me as we go through all five chapters. We are going to cover the whole book today. We will be done by two, so hang in there. So who is James? James is a stepbrother of Jesus. Uh, scripture tells us that we know about James a couple times as Jesus during his public ministry that even his family struggled in believing. It said James struggled believing in who he was. James was kind of a late bloomer, but we know that James, when he saw his stepbrother's death and resurrection, it changed him forever. James became the leader of the Jerusalem church, one of the first Christian churches. And we always say he's like a pillar of the church. But James reminds us of us 
I, us Kansas people. James, in his writing style in these five chapters, is a no-nonsense guy. He goes right after it, and he doesn't soften his words. So I love, I love how he writes this letter to the early Christian church to encourage him. Uh, your second sermon, oh, I think there's a great way of describing James. Another pastor said this. He said, James is a believer in blue jeans. And I was looking for some excuse to wear blue jeans today. So this is the one. James is a believer in, Judy, in, in blue jeans. He is a do-it guy, a can-do-it guy. I think James, if Jesus came today, he'd be a Kansas guy. He would just get it done. Why do I say that? Because there are 108 verses in the book of James. 60 of them speak to action. 60 of them, like, get it done, get it done, get it done. That's what he says over and over and over in his book. And what James says is super bold in this book, over and over, is he says, faith without action is worthless. He's really bold. If we have faith and we have no action behind it, he says over and over and over, it's worthless. So let's jump into this. Your finger, jump into James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. This is kind of our key verse today that everything's going to kind of rotate around and settle on. And here's what James wrote to the early church. Still applies to us today. James says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Action. For doing it. So James in this scripture is telling us, he says, when we look at God's word, the Bible, we see the heart of who we are. We see the heart of who God is. We see the heart of what our plan for us, everything God thinks about us. We see our very souls in this book. And the one thing that you and I know is mirrors don't lie, do they? Mirrors really reveal the truth. And that's why he uses this mirror comparison. He says, if you read God's word, but don't do what it does. The way I like reading this is like, every time I see myself in the mirror, it's like, I don't want to stay there very long because I'm not going to like what I see. But he says, if you look into God's word and you love it and, and, you, and you love it so much, it, it moves you into action. Your love of God, the love of Christ, and it moves you. You're so compelled by what you see and what it reveals and what I'm supposed to be that moves you to action. Then you look in the mirror and you're okay with it because it's not really you that you're seeing. What you're seeing is the very character of Christ in you. And that's a beautiful reflection. So our actions, how we see this, how we read this, and how we live it out, our actions speak life. Our actions speak life to ourselves. Our actions breathe a lot of life into our lives. But ladies and gentlemen, our actions speak life to people all the time. All the time. 
Because what's in you, there's about four to six billion people chasing right now and can't find it. So let's walk through James's letter and let's see all the different examples he gives us of speaking life in action. So, so let's go back to chapter one there and go to verse two. Back up just a little bit to verse two. And here's, here's a, a number of notes I want you to kind of keep track of. We speak life, here's the first one, we speak life in how we endure trials. So how we get through trials speaks life, not only to us, but to others. When life hits us hard, which it does often, whether it's something we screwed up or just world, you know, life being tough, many people around us are watching. And the one thing that impresses people and impresses ourselves is the power of Christ in us when I go through a trial and I endure and I keep my chin up. So James 1, starting in verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it a great opportunity for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So James is telling us the action in our lives. When we're going through a trial and it's tough, he says, have joy. And a lot of us struggle with that. It's like, how can I have joy when life stinks? And the re this is how we have joy. How I have joy when life stinks is that I have this endurance and I'm walking through it because one, I know God's got me. Two, I know I'm going to be okay no matter how it ends up. Three, I know he's working in it for good, for good for me, for good for others. And that's why I have joy, even in hardship. And because of that, I have hope. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the number one commodity everybody in this world is looking for, is hope. Is hope. And when I walk through a trial like that, do people around me pay attention? Absolutely. They're going to be enamored about you, but you need to tell them about the one in you and introduce them. Now, move your, move your finger to James 1.19. We speak life in how we react to challenges. So when you look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror and, and I get hit with some real challenge, what happens in about the first five seconds? How do I react commonly? I know how I react inside, oh my goodness. What I try to do is restrain it from coming outside. And I'm sure many of you do. But how do we react? How we react speaks life. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So what does the world do when it's challenged? How does it react? It doesn't listen. It's quick to shout and it's quick to get angry. Social media really shows us that. Social media is just a way we can express ourselves without any type of filter. 
And so the world commonly reacts, it reacts. It stops listening, it tries to prove its point, and it will shout. That's a norm that we live in. James says the best action, that's not reacting. Your best action is not reacting. He says, be quick to listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we all need the gift in our Christianity of being able to listen. Listen to another story. Listen to the other side. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. We need that lesson too. Be slow to speak in a world that shouts and slow to get angry. For when we listen and we're slow to listen, we might actually see a need or understand what's going on in our life and that changes our perspective. Good listeners, patient in speech, slow to anger, those three things speak life. They really do. What I love about James 119 is we have a, a leadership class going on. 18 people right now, they're going through a leadership class, six books. This is their memorization verse this month. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. The best leaders are the ones who are quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Those 18 people are the next leadership of this church. Now move your finger to James. You hanging with me? <laughs> we only got three more hours, so hang in there. We're moving a pretty good clip. Okay, just check it. Move your fingers to James 2.8. 2.8. Here's the next note. We speak life and how we love those that aren't like us. We speak life and how we love those who aren't like us. So let's spend a little time here. Human beings, we have a natural tendency, what we call affinity. We tend to draw to people like us and try to hang out and commonly hang out with people like us. Why? Because it's a comfort zone. But when we look in the mirror today, when you and I look in the mirror, ask these questions of ourselves. The first question, how many good friends do I have, good friends, who aren't Christian? Ask this question, how many good friends, when I look in the mirror, how many good friends do I have that aren't of the same race or ethnicity as me? How many good friends do I have that are in a different financial bracket, social class? Like, are, are the people on Yuma Street hanging out with the people in Grandmere type? How many people do I have that are different in social class? Good friends. And here's one I think that's really tough right now that we really try to work on as a church when I look in that mirror, how many friends do I have, good friends, that are from a different generation that I hang with? How many boomers and Gen Zs are hanging out? James 2.8. Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in scriptures. What's that royal law? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, 
here comes blue jeans James you're committing a sin he doesn't hold back blue jeans James says here's the right action love others who aren't like us cross neighborhoods cross the tracks cross generations why because God's family is very diverse and when I look at the book of Revelation, what heaven's going to be like someday, you know what the first thing you and I are going to say when we get to heaven? Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore because there's not going to be very many people like us in the grand scheme of numbers. God's family is very diverse, but also the ability to grow ourselves to understand different cultures and different backgrounds to expand our understanding is beautiful. It's beautiful. When we're brave to cross a cultural line, Church, I brought this up years ago, the church that makes people cross cultural lines into here makes them to be missionaries. We are to be the missionaries going out and crossing every line and building relationships in love. That's our call. And there's one really cool thing about having diverse relationships, really loving neighbors who are different than us because we get a foretaste of heaven now. I have a, a lunch meeting this week with a young man from Vietnam that I'm really looking forward to, and he's becoming a good friend. I love all the international students here. I love the diversity of what comes to Manhattan. I hope you love it too. I think every time I see somebody of a different background, I see God in a different way. Okay, move your finger to James 2.15. We speak life in how we are merciful and peaceful. Mercy is unmerited favor. It's I love you just because and I'm going to prove it in my actions. How do we serve? How do we love? How do we provide for those less fortunate? How do we provide those for need? How do we provide for those and help those in crisis? James 2.15 says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Listen to James. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, James is going to get on it here. It's dead and useless. I didn't hold back much on that one. When we look in the mirror this week, like, who do we take food to? Like, who just got a new diagnosis across the street and we just went and loved on them? Who did we mow a lawn for? Your lawn's growing, my lawn's growing fast right now. I know the grass was high. Did I know what was going on next door? Did I go over and mow a lawn? Did I, did I, uh, who did I loan my car to? Not the beater, the nice one. Who did I cry out for for justice? Who did I stand with that's being oppressed and beaten up? And here's an easy one. Those seem maybe scary, so I'd just say start here. This one, I think, is the easiest one for all of us as Christians who love Jesus and love sharing Jesus. Who did I invite to my dinner table this week and to my home and just love them? I think we all can start there. That's an easy one. Who did I invite to my table? 
And then eventually, one of the most beautiful things is when you get invited to their table. I get wound up and I get lost. Here we go. Uh, move your finger to James. So yeah, merciful actions speak life. So now move your finger to James 3, 17. Here's a second part of this, of this same point, merciful and peaceful. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. In, in a world of chaos and noise, which we live in today, are our words and actions peaceful and gentle all the time? In a world that shouts really loud, are we commonly peaceful and gentle in how we respond? And do we plant seeds of peace wherever we go? You watched a video just a little bit ago. One of the core values of our church, our mission statement, vision statement, core value, we don't just put them on a nice letterhead. We really try to live them. And one thing about Westview, especially if you're looking for a home in a church, one of our core values is we go there. It's not, a, it's not a statement of arrogance. We have been a church geared for hard ministry for a long time, and we do a lot of hard ministry here. We go to those hard places and dark places, and that's who God keeps sending us, and so we keep going. That video you watched a little bit earlier is TBRI training. Uh, the opportunity here on the 21st to actually... Um, trains caregivers to provide support and treatment for at-risk children. Do you know, many of you know this, but just there's a closet right here inside of our church that whenever the police take children out of a home in the middle of the night for their safety, they come here and there's bags in that closet to take care of boys and girls up to a certain age to get them through the night. We've had that ministry for years. There's a lot of ministries we do here that are very hard. TBRA is inviting you a way to get involved if you are gifted and have this passion to help at-risk kids because we go there. And we'd love that opportunity for you to pray about this and say, hey, we have emergency fostering training here that w w when children are taken out of homes for the first few days, that they can come to a safe home for a while while the dust settles and safety is established for them. We know that's not everybody's calling, but we have all kinds of things that we do here that are hard ministry, and we want you to be involved. You have gifts. That is speaking life in our action. Okay, uh, move your, we're into chapter five. You're getting close. Chapter five, verse 13. Move your finger there. We speak life in how we prey on people. So you say, well, hold on a second, Brian. We, we talked about this last week, speaking life in our words. I, I didn't say speak life praying for people. I said speak life praying on people. That's action. Like actually, don't say, hey, we're gonna pray for you. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's all you do. How about this? When you're confronted with something and it's, it's tough, you say, hey, can I pray on you right now? I'm gonna put one hand on your shoulder. Can I pray on you? And that is freaking some of you out right now. But let me tell you, that prayer is so simple. God, I know how much you love them. You know how much I love them. Be with them. Show them your peace. Show them come through. We're right here with them. That's how simple it is to pray on somebody. Don't think of eloquence in a fancy 12-paragraph prayer. Just love them. But pray on people. Pray on people. James 5.13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? 
you should pray. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. When we look in the mirror this week, have I prayed on anybody in the last 30 days? Like prayed on them. Be bold. That's the first part of our vision. Be bold. It's beautiful. Very few people will ever reject a prayer. A simple prayer of love is always the best prayer. All right, one more, one more. Here we go. One more. Move your finger to James 5.19. Here, right at the very end of James. We speak life in how we rescue the wanderer. <laughs> this was really interesting how James finished his letter with this. We speak life in how we rescue the wanderer. Wanderer. Run. <laughs> Let's go for strike three. Wanderer. In the church, we have people wander all the time. When we went through COVID the last two years, we had wandering like we've never seen before for all kinds of reasons. Some of it was fear. Some of, really, some of us really found how rooted I am in my faith, and it just it got hard. Last two years, we've been chasing people left and right, looking for the wanderer, making sure they're okay. Many of you have done this. But the number one reason people wander right now is because of sin. It's hard to walk into the community of faith when I've got my own guilt and shame and I feel like people are looking at me differently. And I want to tell you, we're all a mess, but we're a beautiful mess. We're getting better every day and you're welcome here. But the enemy tells them, shrink back. You're not good enough to be in this group of people and you're an amazing group of people. And are we broken at times? Yeah, we are. Our goals get better every day. But the enemy tells them, retreat. And then they hide. And then we go, go find them. When we look in the mirror, would we literally leave the 99 and go after the one? James 5.19, it says, my dear brothers and sisters. You see a pattern, brothers and sisters? It's been in all, all the scriptures. We have. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. I saved this one for last because it is last, but none of the actions we have speak life like that one. Why is this important? Because many in this room have wandered time and time again. And you're here today because somebody kept coming. And I'm one of those two. For 33 years, I ran from God. And I look at all the people he put in my life and kept bringing me back. And you wonder why I love missions as a pastor so much. But a question that normally pops up here that I, I want to give you a clear answer for is how many times, Brian, how many times when they wander away do we go chase them? There's one person that will give you that answer, and that is the Holy Spirit, as many times as it takes and he tells you to go. If that's a thousand times, it's a thousand times. Go. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, I'm picking on him right now. You're good. Take a break. I've got him. But I will tell you, most of the times the Holy Spirit will tell you, don't stop. Don't quit on him. Keep after him. 
And he never stops. So could you pop that list up there? This is how we speak life. Look at that. Our actions speak life all the time. There's a quote I want to give. I made this one up. I usually quote somebody else, but I made this one up. A quote about our Christian character. It says, a person's character is shown not where they sit on Sunday, but who they sit with the rest of the week. We come here to get jacked up, fire each other up, and let's go out in the world and be the church we're supposed to be. Church is Monday through Saturday. We just have a great time together on Sunday. Worshiping the one who's in us. Our character is not... By, this does not make us Christians sitting in this room. We get fired up here to be a Christian the rest of the week. It's who we're sitting with, speaking life to. That's the mark of a Christian. Can I reenact for you to finish off a scene from Gladiator? <laughs> I know I shouldn't be quoting rated R movies. By joke, I'm VidAngel. You, yeah. <laughs> Um, VidAngel, it's a very short movie. Uh, just kidding. Uh, anyway, there's a scene from there in Gladiator uh, where Maximus is rallying his troops to go to battle. And he rides on his horse, and he's a great commander. And this is kind of like what we want to talk to you about today, the same scene. So he rides in on his horse. His men are all ready to engage and go into battle. And he says this, Maximus says this, three weeks from now, I will be harvesting my crops. Can you tell the sign of victory, right? Imagine where you will be, and it will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourself alone, riding in the green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled, for you are in Elysium, and you're already dead. They all laughed at that part. You can laugh. They all kind of laughed. It was a bravado laugh. And then he said this. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. That's your last sermon note. Brothers and sisters, just like James, Blue Jean James says, brothers and sisters, our action in life echoes in eternity. When I say speak life in our actions by the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ in us, when we speak life, we're talking eternal life. Our actions have eternal impact. So that's what we want to do today. Go out and speak life. Speak Jesus. Graduates, I want to encourage you. Your life is now in front of you. Go speak life. Go speak life. Would you bow your heads and pray? Let's, let's give God the best offering we got today. Would you do that with me? Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, first we thank you for James. Blue Jean James. Thank you for his words. They're so wise to us today. Father, that we pray here that not only our words going out of this room speak life, but now we're actually praying that our actions match that. Because, Father, we know our words and our actions is exactly who our character is. In our character, it just looks and smells like Christ. So, Father, our offering to you today is to look through that list 
Actually, our offering today is to go look in the mirror. Father, how did your Holy Spirit speak to us today? And what things do I need to change? Knowing that my actions as a Christ follower speak life. Father, I encourage everybody here today as they look through that list, what's one change I can make today? Just one change that will speak life, that will echo in eternity. And it's nothing I do, it's the power of your spirit in me. Father, as we celebrate this time of graduation, we all go raging out in the world. I want this whole church in the world, but not of it. Let our actions and our words be different because we are different. So our biggest offering to you today is how can I speak laugh better? How can I be slower to anger? How can, whatever it is on that list, that's my offering to you, Father, is I always want to speak life. So grow me, test me, shape me. And Father, our offering is the three most important things to us, our time, our treasure, and our talent. How do we, maybe we have a handful of people here that are TBRI just gifted for that, that want to speak life. Father, just encourage them to come forward and sign up. Father, encourage us in the power of your Holy Spirit this week that we speak life wherever we go. And let our tithe today, our offering, our gift to you, our serving, our talents, whatever that be, speak life in a new way today. Fire this church up. Father, I also want to pray, pray for Andrew and Tyler. Just, I'm thankful for their time here. Father, direct them in their steps. Guide them to where you want them. They've been a blessing to us already. So Father, I lift up this tribe to you. Let us go out and speak life in our actions and our words and grow our character every day to be more like your son. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen.